Okay, welcome to the Company of One podcast. This is episode number 202. Today we're talking college. And I'm going to talk a little quieter today because, well, I'm doing this early in the morning because I didn't get it done in time. So this is one of those times that I'm trying to adjust and uh, so I can't be as loud and obnoxious maybe as I usually am. But Today, what we want to explore is the option of paying for college. Now, if you've listened to the Company of One, you know that what we do here is we try to help you look at yourself as a company, a company of one, because you're earning money in exchange for providing service. That's the economy that we live in. And the earning money in exchange for service is the definition of business. So. Every one of us, we're a company. I was having a conversation yesterday with a potential client, and uh, I was explaining to him, what you're doing is basically as a consultant inside of a large organization. So you're a consulting operation. So when you start looking at yourself that way, you start examining how you spend money. You start examining the things that you are doing uh, to move the needle, right? What, What is it that matters? And so this issue... Of college comes up. Now, transparency, if you don't know me, I teach. I'm a faculty member. I'm an electrical engineering faculty member at a major university, and um, I run an executive graduate program. So I bring in professional people, probably like yourselves, uh, and we do, um, we help you move to the, the needle to the next point. So while I, so I don't want to be a hypocrite, you know, so if you're sitting here saying we're talking about college, but you've got skin in the game. So yes, I do. So, but I I do want to step back. This is the conversation I often have inside the university with uh, college administrators, uh, with the people who are deans and program chairs, uh, and try to understand what is it that we, and I mean we as the public, what do we value? What do we want from the university? And so I'm going to take this apart from a parent's point of view, from a parent who's about to send their children to college or they're thinking through this. Because the the conversation that I'm often finding myself in is college, there's got to be a better way. I mean, that's what parents say to me. And yet, what are they going to do? They're going to do the same thing that all the rest of us do. They're going to just pay the bill. They're going to send kids to college. Now, to put this in context, uh, many of us don't know. You know, we're thinking our kids can get these full tuition scholarships and things. But the way colleges are working right now, parents are basically paying $17,000 a year, give or take, out of pocket when everything is paid for. If everything isn't paid for, then... um, well, it gets worse. So it can cost a lot of money even when your kids get great scholarships. So college is this money pit, and it used to offer things, right? It used to offer these great opportunities. And we can argue that chosen well, it still offers those. Uh, But we also can look around and realize it doesn't always work for everyone. So there's got to be a better way. So let's just kind of dive in and think about what are some of the things that when you go to college, what are some of the issues that we know of? Massive debt. Now, 
every day in the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, or any other publication, somebody is writing about the questioning college. Uh, in the Wall Street Journal just the other day, I'll try to put a link to the show notes. By the way, the show notes are at delcallahan.com slash 202, episode 202. delcallahan.com slash 202. But every time they were talking about this, and this article in the Wall Street Journal was one of those, they're talking mostly about debt. And the article in the Wall Street Journal had some lady that was a psychologist. She had a PhD, gone through uh, to get a PhD in psychology, making eighty, ninety thousand dollars a year, a great salary. And but she had hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. Her husband uh, had a labor job was making about the same amount and had zero debt. And she's just sitting back examining, did I choose wisely? Because she had this massive debt. So usually what we're looking at when we're analyzing the college experience is debt. It can have massive amounts of debt because what do we do in colleges? And by the way, we do do this. We recommend students to get student loans. And 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 the message is, is because why waste your time working? Get done with it quickly. Get done with it quickly. So just get the loan. You know, so you could argue, well, it's maybe a good argument because rather than spending seven years to get the degree before you can bump the needle with, on salary, get it done in four. Um, which is a joke, by the way, if you're in engineering. <laughs> that never happens. Uh, so, so the second thing we see, though, in that is related. It's what was called wasted time. You know, we we waste our time because it costs a significant amount of time to get a degree. Four years plus is is not uh, unusual in engineering and technical fields, more complex fields, even the CPAs and things like that. It's going to take you four to five years to get to where you you're moving the needle. Um, maybe six or seven, depending on the person. Uh, the, so it related to that is the third thing is opportunity cost. Is while I am going to school, I am not working. And so somebody who jumps out of high school or whatever they're jumping out of, and they jump out of high school and start earning money, they're four to five years ahead in the money earning. Uh, they, they've developed skills. They've developed leadership. They've grown in their salary, and so you. So the person who gets out of college has to leap ahead of them, and that's the theory: is you're going to leap ahead of them, uh, but it doesn't always work. So you have this opportunity cost of four years of missed opportunity. Again, I'm using the four as the average. I mean, four is the ideal. Uh, and then the thing that we hear more often in Christian circles. But it's not just Christian circles, but um, especially in Christian circles, I should say. You don't see this in the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, but many parents feel like the college experience has converted good, solid-thinking kids into raving, liberal, mad nuts, right? You know, they, they, there is a conversion that goes on. We blame it on faculty. Um, and yeah, we have a lot of liberal thinking at universities, but it's not all the faculty issues. It's, it's the environment is set up for that. Uh, we can debate that another time. But there, is, there certainly is that. There is a whole lot of change of thinking that goes on because the environment of universities is 
very different uh, than than what the typical large business or any business organization. It's very different. Um, so it's much more like what you would see in more socialized nations. And that's just the thinking. You know, you can argue whether that's good or bad, but that's that's what's out there. For many parents, that's a, that's a terrible thing, and they're terrified of it. Many parents who have children who have uh, given their life to Christ have watched their kids go to college and walk away from Christ in defiance. Would that have happened without college? Who knows? I don't know. But we do see that there's something about the experience that causes that to happen. Again, we're not going to psychoanalyze that today. But those are the things that we see, that parents see, that we can tell stories about from friends, from family members. These things all happen. Debt, time, opportunity, cost, and um, the thinking, the change of thinking that goes on. Yet, while we're talking about that, and so I'm talking to friends of mine, and they're thinking about the college experience, and what's the alternatives? Well, we all hear the alternatives, right? We all hear, well, it's military. Well, it's trade school. Well, it's living in the basement forever, right? Uh, which, by the way, sometimes college generates that too. But uh, so when we do that, we're looking at what are the alternatives, and they don't sound that great, right? I don't want any of these alternatives necessarily. Maybe you don't want your kids to be in the military, or maybe they don't want to be. Trade school sounds like you're settling for blue-collar work, right? And it's, and I'm not saying you are, so if you're going in that path, but what we want for our parents is actually, I mean, what our parents want for our children is something different. They want for their children what the college experience promises. They want the opportunity to do anything and everything. As somebody put to me the other day, I don't want my kids just to go flip burgers. I don't want that to be the option. I want them to have the opportunities to go out and prosper and earn a living and do whatever they want to do. The things that is are promised by the university. I want them to find success on their own terms. Now, if it's because they're doing plumbing or air conditioning or a trade and they're making more money than the rest of us, or uh, is it because they're doing something white collar or, or whatever that, you know, thinking, creating, uh, it doesn't matter. I want them to have all the shackles taken off and, and the ability to do whatever they want to do even if it means later they want to go to college and because they want to become a neurosurgeon or they want to do something like that, right? Some things that are required to college. I mean, let's face it, there are some paths that just don't seem to work right now uh, as alternatives, but I'll say that that is changing too. Uh, maybe not the neurosurgeon yet. So let's think about this and, and let's just start unpacking what college offers. Because when, as you start to think about that, that's what parents want. They want all the things that college promises without all the baggage that goes with it. The high cost, the opportunity cost, and, uh, and the, the liberal mindset. That's generally what I hear people say. 
I'm sick of the liberal mindset of the university. Even the non-liberal universities seem to have that. So a couple of things that we do offer at universities that are valuable. And so think about this from your college experience, a plan. So when you decide to be an engineer or an accountant or whatever it is, you know, a, a musician, and you're thinking, well, that's the path I want to go and that's what I want to learn. They offer you a plan because smart people have gotten in a room and say, well, to get you from where you are right now in high school to be a qualified, I'm going to use engineering, engineer, you need to do these things. You need to learn these things. Um, I would like to say that we do that with great insight by talking to industry and, and kind of keeping the end in mind, right? What's... If, if I want to get you from high school to a working engineer, this is what all companies want in a working engineer. That's in theory what we do. Not quite the way it really works. Um, there's a little bit of that, but uh, it is, well, I won't get on the debt. But basically, we offer you a plan. So, if, if, and I remember friends of mine when I was at the university, you know, we had, you know, it was a sheet of paper. We had a sheet of paper and, and they had a courses, you know, for the first semester and second semester, all the courses you would take at these different times. And of course, we didn't all take them as juniors and seniors and things like that because, you know, you just took them when you, they were offered. And people would carry around this piece of paper folded up in their pocket or folded up in their backpack and you'd, they would scratch off, you know, I've done that course. And you could look at it and it was like the badge of honor. Of, of we were following the plan, in my case, to be an electrical engineer. And it was this map that you had that, that uh, gave you some satisfaction that you were getting there. And you could even make fun of it, you know, look at, it didn't matter whether you're a junior or senior or sophomore, it mattered, you know, in engineering, you know, if you hadn't had the courses like EMAG, well, you're not, you haven't really done anything yet. I don't care if you have enough hours to be a senior, you're not there yet. And so, you know, so it was, it was also an understanding of the plan as well as the credit hours. But it was this plan. It was it was giving you a path. So think about when you go, if you go to a, to a, um, a, a physical coach, right, a, a, a training, I, I want to go get in shape. I want to go lose weight. I want to go buff up, whatever your case is. And you go talk to the coach and you say, coach, what do I need? Here's what I want to do, and uh, we go to um, uh, we go to a gym. We hire this physical trainer, and they we, and they they under, they get a path for us, and they get a plan. They say, okay, well, you want to lose some weight, and and firm up, and do these kind of things. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. You know, we're going to do these workouts. We're going to do them so many times a week, and they give you a plan to follow. That's meets the goals that you are trying to do. At least in theory, that's what's going on. Right? That's what's happening in the university, is they give us a plan. We can argue, and I will argue, not today, but I will say it's not always that accurate <laughs> about what industry wants. It really doesn't always keep the end in mind. But that's just, that's another point. Number two, the thing that a college offers us is measures of success, right? is you you go you take classes and you get grades. I can see that I'm moving 
the needle. I can see that I'm successful. I can see where I'm weak or where I'm strong. Or as we see in a lot of technical or complex fields like medicine and engineering and you know probably other things, I have no idea what they are, is you can also see that you're just not cut out for this stuff. Uh, you know, we saw a lot of people get into early math and engineering. We, we always see. It's not solved. We see people all the time. And they just feel like they can't cut it because they can't handle the math. Now, whether that's true or not is also another issue. But um, but you see these measures of success, like uh, I'm getting past these hurdles. And you listen to other students, right? And you say, I got past Calc 3, so I've made it. You know, I've, I've made it over the big giant hump. I'm no longer in the weed out zone. And so you see these measures of success in you, and it makes students feel like they've accomplished things. The same thing it would if you're getting, you know, trying to get in shape. You see measures of success. You know, you keep going, you keep showing up, things start to change on your body, you start to feel better, you start to get more energy. The coach gives you feedback and you, you step on the scale and you're seeing it's working. It's getting me some. I'm not where I want to be, but it's getting me somewhere. So number three is we have what's called accountability. So we have a plan, measures for success, accountability. Accountability is huge. We all know this. That's why we pay coaches. That's why we pay coaches to help us get in shape. That's why we pay business coaches to help us to run our business better. That's why we pay life coaches. That's why we pay executive coaches. That's why people pay for that kind of stuff is because I want to move the needle and I know one of the key things to moving the needle is somebody to hold me accountable because setting goals is easy because uh, developing a plan is not excruciatingly hard but keeping me accountable, that's tough. That's a tough one. So at university, we have timelines. We have deadlines with semesters and quarters. They start and they end and there's exams and there's grades, right? So it's accountability built into what we do. But the fourth thing and the thing that's the tough thing to, to duplicate that the university has got, and they got you here, is credentials, diplomas, showing success. Because this university has now given you a degree in business with it, or you, you have a degree in accounting, or you have a degree in engineering, or whatever it is. And I can hang that on the wall, and I can sit there and talk about uh, the courses that I've had, and the experiences that I've had, and the faculty that I've had, and the things that I've learned. These credentials are critical because the world recognizes well they used to it's changing the world recognizes these credentials now so the question is and and i'll talk about these things that anytime we want to have success in anything we do in life we need a plan we need some measures of success we need accountability and we need credentialing to show that we got there now depending on what you got you don't necessarily need the credential to show i lost weight my credential is i've lost weight Maybe I fit in clothes. Maybe I look better, feel better. Um, but very often in things that we are doing, we need credentials. And we love these plans, right? As somebody told me um, yesterday, they they like a formula. They like a, 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 um, a recipe. 
And this was this guy I'm talking to. It's a PhD student, and he says, "I like a recipe," uh, which I, I'm with him. But it's kind of weird coming from a PhD student who seems like that's what they're the recipe developers. We like recipes. That's why we join the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts because there is a path. We can follow that path from you know just do the steps. And okay, got that badge, got that badge, got that merit badge, got that certificate, whatever it is. We like going to certifications because the same thing. We go and we learn this stuff, we take the test, and we say we did it, we hang it on the wall. We like recipes and formulas for everything. We like recipes for cooking. We like recipes for how to turn our house, to decorate our house. We do. We like formulas. All those recipes that we think of are plants. We like knowing that we are succeeding. We have measures, and we can see it. And we want the credentials that go with it. It's the accountability that is the kicker, oftentimes, of success. Now, I'm just throwing these questions out right here because I'm we're starting to dive into this issue of helping a lot of people think through this. And we're working with companies that are publishing companies uh, that are thinking the same way with a lot of their audience uh, is what's the alternative to the universities? And it's changing, right? It's not because of people like me and you thinking differently. It's changing from other outside forces. We're thinking differently. The employers are thinking differently. There's a lot of pressure on universities now to adjust. And there's adjustments being made by some. And we're going to see a lot of disruption in the university model, but from us as the partakers, the people who spend money on it, we need to start thinking, what is the outcome we're looking for and how do we get it and what's the best path? It may turn out coming and paying us money and big fat tuition and all the kind of things that go with it is your best path, but it may not. And I think we give in to that too quickly. We give in to that too quickly and just say, that's the only way. And it's not. And the way we know it's not the only way is because we see people being successful without it. I'm not going to talk Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and all these other kind of people because they're wild exceptions. But there's a whole lot of them. There's a whole lot of people out there like that that have gone the path and figured out how to do things by self-motivation and drive. There's a lot of people who are making a lot of money that are doing the blue-collar work, <laughs> that are making more than most of us, let's be honest, and, and, uh, and can really move the needle in a different way. So this is, not a, this is not a podcast to give a lot of answers. This is a podcast to give you questions. If you are if you are that student that's moving to that point and you're thinking college is why what is it that you want what are the things that you're expecting to get out of that and do you know for sure that it's going to deliver what you want like if you want to be an engineer have you talked to an engineer have you really learned what they do day in and day out? Have you talked to the people who hire engineers? Not just one or two, but ten or more. Do you really know? If you're a parent, do you know? 
do you know how to guide your son or daughter down that path? Or are you just wringing your hands like, I don't know, I'm fearful, and if I don't do this, they're going to be living in my basement, and they're just never going to make it, and they're never going to succeed. And you're, and we operate out of fear. And so what do we do? We pay the man money. There's a great book called Late Bloomers uh, that talks about some of that path. Uh, I'll put a note, link to that in the show notes. I'm also going to put a link to the show notes to two other things. This one is, can I become an engineer or anything else without a college degree? That I kind of do give you a path there. Or number uh, two, two others, how do you measure the value of a college education? And does it matter where you go to school? Another question we get a lot of time. All right, I'm going to leave it there till next time. I'd really like your feedback on this. I mean, I'm again, I'm asking questions here. Uh, if you've listened to this much of this podcast, that you actually care about this subject, uh, I'm looking for feedback. What do you think? Does this worry you? Is this something you're struggling with right now in your family? Uh, and what is it that you would like to see happen here? All right, till next week, have a great one. Thanks for listening.